The following audio is from North Pine Baptist Church. We trust that this recording will help you learn more about God and His message for the world. For more information and to connect with us, visit npbc.org.au. Putting the old plates back on if you feel you've taken them apart. And, and that theme continues today. Our, our verses we're going to be looking at in particular are Ephesians chapter 5, just verses 1 and 2. There are only a couple of verses, but they are crucial verses. I'm just going to read them briefly now. You won't get any words, it'll take you. Seconds. I'm going to start at chapter 4, verse 32, actually, because that is sort of leading up here, and that helps us understand what we're going to be saying. So, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32, down to chapter 5, verse 31. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ forgave you. Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children. And walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. What language? Here we see this word imitated. It's the word that sort of takes over from the word discipleship, and discipling has been used up to this point in the New Testament. This word imitated. The idea of copying the example. Now, I want you to put your hands up if you've ever been told that you just like your parents. Now, I hope there are hands going up at homes all over the place. Wouldn't that be fantastic? Mate, maybe you've heard someone say, you look just like your mum did when she was young. Or you, you walk just like your dad did. You run like your father. I've heard that before. Or parents, maybe you've heard your child say something usually is out of context, and you thought, oh, I got that from me. Children imitate their parents, don't they? And whether it's a good thing or a bad thing will depend on who their parents are. If your parent was Mr. Maker, or Batman, or the Queen, they might be someone worth imitating. But if they were Captain Hook, or Thanos, or El Capone, well, maybe not. Maybe you need to find another example. What if they were God? Then would they be worth imitating? I know that for a lot of us, it's no brain or like. <laughs> of course, he's the best. Right? But for others, they might say, no way. See, not if God is anything like the Christian I know. To whichever statement describes your view of God this morning, I urge you to consider two things. As we go through these verses, I want you to consider firstly, what are the effects of your life of imitation on others around you? 
who are you imitating and who is imitating you? And secondly, and I think most importantly, consider the love of God that the Bible teaches us as we see in Jesus Christ. Let's start here in chapter 5. Paul gives his readers a few for them to pause, for them to stop and slow down. We see that in the word, therefore. Therefore, he says in verse 1, be imitators of God as beloved children. This is, this is like a speed bump in the road for us when we see this word. We're supposed to slow down and, and consider the implications of what Paul is saying, what he has said, and what he's going to say next. So that is what we're going to do today. And we're going to focus just on these two verses in particular. Over the coming week, starting today and going to the next chapter, we're going to consider what it means to imitate God as people who walk in love, who walk in light, and who walk in wisdom. Ephesians 1 and 2 are crucial verses because they, they affect everything that comes after them. Everything Paul says from verses 3 of chapter 5 right through to verse 9 of chapter 6 is founded on Ephesians 1, verses 1 and 2. If we're going to understand the next 40 verses of this letter, we must get a good grasp on these first two. Structurally, they, these verses parallel with what Paul has already said in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 to 10. You'll find it enriching if you familiarize yourself with them again, whether you do that in the Netflix during the week or just in your own personal reading. I encourage you to familiarize yourself again with Ephesians 2. This is one of the things. And as I said earlier, today we're going to look at how imitating God looks in our lives. We're going to look at how it looks in our lives, particularly with our command to follow as Jesus followers to walk in love. But to know how to walk in love, you must first understand what love is. God has been described as many things over the years. Just to grab some things that do have called love. Some have called love is a second-hand emotion. They've said that love is in the air. Love is all you need. Love is more than just a game for food. Love is a battlefield. I think on the whole, the whole world would more or less agree with Alana Miles is saying, love is what you want it to be. No wonder then that love is seen as something you can fall into or fall out of. But these descriptions of love is the fundamental truth of what love is, as the Bible understands it. The Bible shows us that love comes from God and is defined by God. 1 John chapter 4, 
starting at verse 7, it says, Dear friends, let us love one another. For love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. This is how God showed His love among us. He sent His one and only Son into the world that we might live through Him. This is love. Not that we love God, but that He loved us and sent His Son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us, and His love is made complete in us. Love, as God defines it, is gracious and self-giving. Love is a choice. So for us, walking in love reflects God's grace, and it responds with sacrifice. Walking in love reflects God's gracious love. We see that in verse 1 of chapter 5. Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children. The term beloved children speaks out some bells here. God refers to Jesus as his beloved son. When Jesus is baptized, we see it in Mark chapter 1, verse 11. And a voice came from heaven. You are my beloved son, with you are my friend. Ephesians 5.1 tells the Christians are beloved children of God Almighty. If you haven't spoken in this truth of your identity as a Christian, then now is a good time to do it. Everyone who puts their trust in Jesus for God's gracious gift of life and salvation is a dearly loved child of God. And as children of the loving God, we should be imitating of Him and imitating of His love. The Greek verb that is translated for us here is be in verse 1, also appears in chapter 4, verse 32, the verse just before it. There it says, be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ forgave you. But these are the same, same words that draws a direct link between the two verses. It draws a link between the command to imitate God and the attributes of God that I mentioned earlier. The attributes of Kindness, which we might also say goodness. The attribute of tender heartedness, which we might know as compassion. So there's a great word, tender hearted. And forgiveness. People get an idea of what that means. He does this because. These attributes are all attributes of God. Listen to how God describes himself to Moses in Exodus 34. He says, when he declares his name, he declares his character. 
says, The Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness, maintaining love to thousands and forgiving wickedness, rebellion and sin. It's not the same verb it appears in the words of Jesus in Matthew chapter 5, in verse 45 of that chapter. Starting at 43, Jesus says, You have heard that it was said, Love your neighbor and hate your enemies. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be children of your Father in heaven. He causes his son to rise on the evil and the good. He sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. God is gracious in how he shows his love. He loves his enemies. He causes his son to rise on the evil and the good. And sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. Is that the love? Is that the God that we worship? Would we consider ourselves, if we were going to be honest, or if we were going to have a bunch of numbers well, to be tender-hearted? Are we people who allow the, the circumstances of others, the lives of others, to affect or are we people who can have an opinion without hearing the heart of the people who are sharing with us? Are you tender-hearted? Are you soft-hearted and compassionate to those who are in here? To your wife, to your children, to your friends, your family, to your employees, your friends. What about kindness? That you the people know you as a good person, a kind person, a good person. I think we see God's goodness in His justice. The fact that He will not let someone get away with evil, that a price will be paid. But we see that it's a gracious love because He offers to take that punishment for our Lord Jesus Christ. He's a good God. Are we known as good people? Could these words be used to describe the beloved children of God who gather as North Pine Baptist Church? Please, if we continue to allow the Holy Spirit to do His work on us and through us, we will become received. You might remember back in, in chapter 4 of Ephesians, verse about 30. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit. We can see the Holy Spirit is the agent of us becoming imitators of God. It, it is not something we pull our own socks up and achieve on our own. But we need to let them do this work. Friends, these words describe Jesus so that. If you read the Gospel, center stage is Jesus' love in action. You cannot miss the tender-hearted compassion that Jesus has 
for people. You cannot look his kindness and forgiveness as he gives to people. Jesus is our example of imitating God's gracious love. And he's also our example of a sacrificial response to God's love. Look at verse 2. And walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Jesus is the definition of self-sacrificing love. He showed he loved us by giving himself up for us. And God's children are commanded to follow Jesus' example by giving themselves up for the sake of others. John 13, verse 34, Of the new commandment I give you, says Jesus, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. For this everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you love one another. Further on in John, in chapter 15, verses 12 and 13, my command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Great to love has no one been missed to lay down one's life for one's friend. Jesus showed us what sacrificial love is. And his sacrifice was an act of worship to God. He didn't just present any any act of sacrifice to God in call of worship. No, he gave his life. He gave himself. And his sacrifice is accepted by God as a sweet-smelling aroma. And our sacrifice will be that too. As Paul says in Romans 12, verse 1, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. It's not like a, a pair of dirty, stinky shoes that your brother takes off after wearing them for a day and says, Here, these are for you. If someone did that and, and offered it to you as a sacrificial gift, would you accept it? Would you say that they were thinking of you first instead of yourself? Or if they're just trying to do what might be convenient for them? Taking something they don't want or need anymore and trying to pass it off as a gift to you. Or it might be like buying a pair of earrings for your wife. If you want them to be accepted and treasured, they better imitate your wife's taste in jewelry. They better reflect something about her and who she is as a person. Guys, a bit of advice. You might be better off just giving her the cash instead. It's a big call going out at any age. Jesus sacrificed. He's giving up his life for us. A life in which he had walked in love, right? His act in giving himself was accepted as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. 
It was accepted because it correctly represented God's character. It imitated the gracious and self-giving love of the Father. Since God has not kept Himself hidden from the world, He has shown us who He is, who He is, and how we should live in response to Him. Are we offering our best to God? Is what we're offering imitating God's character as the greatest self-giving God? I wonder what it might look like for you to do that for us to do this this week. What might it look like for us as beloved children of God to walk in gracious self-sacrificing love this way. Maybe it means giving up your study or social time to allow someone who's struggling with the subject to get a better understanding of that thought. Maybe it means forgoing some free time so you spare and have fun. Maybe it means you giving up a decent night's sleep to be that listening ear for a friend or a work colleague. To think deeper. What might it mean to give up something that we have to fulfill a need that someone else has? What might it look like for us to sacrifice your own comfort and position? to protect someone who is vulnerable, to provide for their comfort, for their well-being. What would it look like to give up control of your life because God's love in Jesus controls you? What are the effects of your life of imitation? Did your life draw people to God as someone they would like to imitate? Or did it push them away? As beloved children of the loving God, we are called to imitate our Father by walking in love. Walking in love will reflect God's grace and cause us to respond with sacrifice. There is no better place to see this example than in our Lord Jesus Christ. As I said, self sacrifice is defined by Jesus. And no better place to receive this than him going to the cross for our sake. So that through his self-giving sacrifice, the greatest love of God might be bestowed upon us. We're going to share in the time of communion.
the Apostle Paul tells us that the Lord Jesus on the night he was betrayed kissed her. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. This body, this piece of bread. What better image do we have of a life given up for the sake of many? Let's take some time to eat the bread and consider this. And what better example of a life for us we have than the blood that which gives life to our bodies for us, for us. Sacrifice of the innocent. The sense that the creating God of the universe calls us dearly loved creatures. And Father, this, this is a weighty, a weighty word for me this morning. Maybe that's for all of us as we consider how we imitate. Lord, we all imitate something. But children should imitate you. Lord, we, you've made it crystal clear to us what that looks like. You gave us your beloved son to walk a life of love. A life of kindness. A life of tender heartedness. Father, I thank you that you do not ask us to do this on our own. Lord, you walk with us. You ask us to become imitators of God. You give us your Holy Spirit to work on us and change us. And you call us to live that out in our lives and say, Father, I pray that you would empower us to do that. Lord, when the opportunity comes and we want to naturally have this hardness of heart, Lord, 
speaks to us. Provoke us to give it up. To allow our hearts to be set. Allow ourselves to forgive as Christ forgives us. We give you praise for who you are and ask that you continue to show your love in us and through us as your children. In Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to this audio from North Pine Baptist Church. For more information and to connect with us, visit npbc.org.au.